What's up? It's episode 62, Pain Points of Wealth, and the song remains the same, to quote Led Zeppelin. We literally have a great earnings season, continue to be strong as companies had their best performance over an earnings season in seven years. Meanwhile, we had the renomination of Jerome Powell as our Federal Reserve Chairman, so we know the status quo with interest rates starting to go up next year, and the bond market is moving. Interest rates are going higher. What does this all mean, specifically going into the last month of the year? We're going to give you our playbook on exactly how to invest your money, and on the tipping point today, if you've been a great saver, you've been saving your money diligently, we're going to talk about the mistakes you're making with your savings right now. You don't want to miss it. Let's hop to it. Hit the music. Welcome to the Pain Points of Wealth, the podcast that addresses the pain points that come with creating, growing, and sustaining your wealth, giving you a multi-generational perspective from three pains in a pod. Bob Payne, the boomer, Chris Payne, the millennial, and Ryan Payne, the generation somewhere in between. Hey guys, you know, we're getting ready for Thanksgiving. I'm looking forward to having turkey. And I'll tell you what, the big news, the big headlines, you know, here we are coming right into the holiday weekend, was Jerome Powell was renominated as a Federal Reserve Chairman. Now, here's the question. Is he going to be a hawk? Is he going to be a dove? Or will he turn out to be a turkey? Well, first off, what's it with Wall Street and animals, right? Are you a bull? Are you a bear? Are you a hawk? Are you a dove or a turkey? I mean, I'm going to go with turkey, Bob, because, you know, everyone's saying, well, Jay Powell's very hawkish, meaning he's being very aggressive about raising interest rates. But let's face it, this guy has created more stimulus, kept rates lower than probably any other Fed chairman in history. I mean, he's the most dovish chairman of the Fed we've ever had, but we kind of know what his game plan is, right? We're going to see interest rates probably start to go up or they're going to raise rates starting next year. Hey, Chris, it sounds like Jerome Powell's going to be joining us for Thanksgiving dinner. Ryan seems really enamored. Well, you know, it's a funny thing about politics and life. When your position's secured, you really get to do whatever you want. And I think now that Jay Powell has a secure position, he's going to get a little bit more aggressive as it relates to raising rates. Hey, wait a minute, Ry. I mean, I'm going back to my civics lessons back at, uh, you know, St. Cyril's Elementary School. And they told us that the Federal Reserve was an apolitical position. It had nothing to do with politics. Are you telling me that this guy's a political appointee? Well, I mean, when you are picked by the president, does it get more political than that? <laughs> like, come on. But then no, it's a good point. I think Chris makes a really good point here. He doesn't have the same pressure now to keep rates low because it was all about keeping this fragile economy, quote unquote, it's not that fragile, on the right track here. But I think the bigger math here is, look, inflation right now is running at 6% and yields right now are under 1.7%. How does that work? Like rates have to go higher here. So I suspect here going to the end of the year, we're going to see interest rates keep moving up, which you got to be very careful with your bond portfolio right now, because we know bond prices go down when interest rates go up. Well, actually, it's a good point, Ryan. I'm starting to see that a lot with our clients. You know, the conversation is becoming more of like, hey, should we take less risk and go to bonds? More like, hey, should we be taking more risk? Look how much money my friends are making in the market. Chris, I don't know what they're talking about. I mean, our portfolio is at an all-time record high, but of course, you always want to have the most money and what's up the most which is a really neat trick, which most people can't do. They try and chase it after the fact. But let's face it, guys, inflation is spiking right now. And traditionally, historically, the 10-year treasury yield, right, the interest they pay on 10-year bonds has gone up step for step. Right now, it's way behind. So I kind of think it's somewhere in between that inflation will come down and the 10-year yields and all interest rates will go up, which means the most important thing in your life right now is don't own a bond fund. (laughs) Bob does not like bond funds. You should know that by now. 
No, but it's a good point because, right, these supply chains are going to get fixed to some extent. So we're not going to have 6% inflation forever. And the media makes you feel like that's going to happen. Inflation is actually going to come down from these levels, but it's still going to be much higher than it was the last decade. And that's the key here is, is it going to be higher than expected or lower than expected? It's probably going to be higher than expected because even if they fix the supply chains, you know, the one thing we kind of harp on week after week is labor is going to be a big problem. If you look at where most of the wage growth has been, it's been on the lower scale, the pay scale. If you were in a job that pays not very much, well, your wages have gone up the most. Eventually, that's going to broaden out to everybody's pay. And when that happens, that's going to cause a lot of inflationary pressure going into 2022, 2023, which I suspect says inflation is going to be here a lot longer than what's really been anticipated. Well, I'll tell you what, guys, the analysts, the strategists on Wall Street, we're already telling us next year's going to be a lousy year. Everything came forward, right? They're always so pessimistic. You know what I love about them? They're always wrong. Uh, they're already predicting that interest rates are going to skyrocket. The stock market's going to crash. They're putting lots of fear you know, on the financial propaganda channels. And they just don't seem to realize that our all-time record highs and heading higher right now. The investing public doesn't have an idea either. I, you know, Yesterday, you and I spoke to somebody, and the comment that he kept making was, you know what, my principal's being protected. My principal's being protected. And you know, it's a lot like when you're out climbing a mountain. You know, everything's going great when you're going up the mountain, except when you hit that patch of ice and you slip and you realize you don't have a rope attached to you. That's what happens when the market starts to pull back and you don't have those underlying bonds to protect you from that great fall. Well, that's why they have Sherpas, Chris. So when you go up the Himalayas, you don't want to do that by yourself. You know, Mount Everest can be a very deadly venture, but investing for yourself without a Sherpa, without a fiduciary, a certified financial planner helping you along the path, you don't know the risk you don't realize until after the fact. And being dead on a mountain is pretty dire. So I think you need a Sherpa no matter what you're doing. I wish Bob was my Sherpa on the mountain. You know, I think that gray head of hair would always create confidence when you're going up those Himalayas. But you know, I think we have to be careful about here is look, the markets are going higher. We've said on this podcast, you know, we're anticipating some sort of a melt up, which we've kind of seen so far, right? I mean, markets really just aren't going down, they're going up. But there are pockets of massive speculation, which historically doesn't end well. If you look at options contracts, and options are kind of like I don't know, the greatest gambling tool you can possibly have in the financial markets, like going to the casino. And contracts are trading at some of the highest levels since we've seen since January. We're already at records, which just means there's massive speculation right now. And we know, guys, speculation doesn't end well in financial markets. We've seen it over and over. It's as old as the hills. Well, I love it. They choose options as their investment of choice, something that has a limited time, expires worthless if it doesn't hit the timeline. That's true gambling, whether you make a little bit of money or you lose it all. I mean, I don't understand it. I never go to the casino and I never, ever buy options. I understand it because I did actually speculate in options back during the financial crisis and I lost everything. <laughs> so it's a really good lesson. I think that's what everyone has to learn. It goes back to our old saying, right? There's old pilots and bold pilots, but there's not old, bold pilots. And I think that's what a lot of these investors are going to learn through this cycle. I just did this whole presentation through Zoom for all these young millennial investors, and they're all in crypto. They're all in the most speculative parts of the market, and they have no idea how bad this can end. And I told them, but you know, they're not listening to me. They're just like, ah, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He doesn't know anything. He's too old. But the reality of it is, we've seen this over and over again. This kind of speculation is very dangerous, and it's going on in a big way right now. Hey, Chris, have you noticed that every house that I've bought in the last 20 years doesn't have a basement? That all started when Ryan lost all his money in options because I didn't want him on the couch in the basement. So that's why I bought the houses without basements. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the other big news, guys, oil. I mean, 
all of a sudden the government's going to announce they're going to tap that strategic reserve. Everybody expect oil to go down and it went straight back up. What the heck's going on there? The funny thing about oil is you know, OPEC now just announced, and I don't know how this is going to play out, that they may even just cut production to offset whatever extra supply the government's going to provide us, which just says what I've been saying all along. There's a huge conspiracy of all global oil companies sitting in their boardroom saying, hey, we don't want oil below $75 a barrel. We're making so much money. There's no way we're going to ramp up production. Forget Biden. Forget the president. We want to make profits. I think that's the bottom line here. That's how all companies work. Well, you know what? Everything's going up. Oil's going up. The stock market's going up. You know what's not going up right now? Gold. And that's supposed to be an inflation hedge. Yeah, I don't know where it got that reputation. I think back in the 80s, it went up when inflation went up and everybody thought, hey, it's an inflation hedge. But then it went up when we had disinflation. Hey, it's a disinflation hedge. I think that there's a lot of money selling and buying gold. That's why these commercials are on TV all the time. But I'll tell you what, it's the one thing that I look at of all the markets in the world right now that's not working, gold and silver. You wouldn't know it by watching the news. Well, it's funny because I hear everyone saying, well, I have commodities in my portfolio or gold or silver to hedge myself against inflation or Bitcoin. And to your point, gold did very well as an inflation head in the 70s. But believe it or not, in the 80s, it was a terrible inflation hedge. And again, in the last decade, it was a terrible inflation hedge. So, you know, if you look at gold historically, it had one moment where it was a great inflation hedge. Meanwhile, oil is a fantastic inflation hedge if you look at it over time. Stocks, like over every 15-year period, is outpaced inflation going back something like 50 years. So we already know it works when it comes to inflation. And to your point, guys, it's not gold. It's never been gold, probably never be gold, but that won't stop them from trying to sell you gold on those commercials every single day on the financial networks. Well, you think of the funny thing about gold is they're doing all this marketing. You think that if gold was so great, it would speak for itself, but they're pouring millions and millions of dollars into marketing materials trying to get people to buy it. Well, the only thing I know gold's good for is for presents coming up in the holiday season. It looks good on somebody's arm or around their neck, but you don't want it in your portfolio. I'll tell you one thing that does hedge against inflation is stocks. And the big thing is, you look at the stock market, you look at companies, companies are able to pass through some of these price hikes and this inflation's in the system. But you know what they do is they're able to increase their margins, right? They're more profitability. And the way you see that is through the dividends you receive. And I'll tell you what, the dividend increases have been double digit globally over the last year. And I think you're just going to see more and more dividends paid out and bigger buybacks, which I call financial engineering. One of the reasons why you're seeing the stock market going up down, guys. Yeah, 100%. Look, you got to be concerned about inflation. It's going to be around for a long time. Gold's a terrible hedge. Bond funds are a horrible hedge. Don't let Bob know that you own bond funds. You got to have a diversified portfolio of stocks that pay dividends. It's a proven recipe for success in this new world that we're living in today. Hey, guys, you know what? Things are really good right now. And the thing that reminded me is when Ryan started off the show today, he was talking about the song remains the same. Great song from Led Zeppelin. I bought that album back in 1974 when I was just getting out of college. And back then, things were bad. 11% unemployment. Inflation was on its way to hyperinflation. Interest rates were rising. There was doom and gloom everywhere. Not like today. Today, the sun is shining. The market's at an all-time record high. The economy's booming. Things couldn't be better. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 62, Pain Points of Wealth. We've literally, every month, just keep adding new subscribers. We really appreciate your support. If you like our content, you love our content, please don't be shy. Click on that like button. Subscribe. If you're listening to this on iTunes, give us that five-star rating. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about on our podcast. We're happy to entertain anything you want to talk about, financially speaking. And if you're watching this on YouTube, please click the like button, click the subscribe, click that little notification bell. So you can be notified every week of our new podcast. The support you give us gives us the ability to continue to do this podcast. Thank you. 
And again, click that like, click that subscribe button. All right, gentlemen, it's the tipping point where we pinpoint the pain point having the biggest impact on your wealth right now. So Bob and Chris, so given at our firm pain capital management that we run like something like 50 portfolio reviews a month, probably more than most firms in the country, we manage over a billion dollars right now for a thousand households plus. You know, what we found is a lot of you get an A plus on doing a great job saving. You're very diligent savers. You have a lot of money put away. But the problem is what you're actually doing with your savings a lot of times is the complete wrong thing. So I thought we could discuss today on the podcast what problems you may arise if you're a diligent saver and what you should be doing with your money right now. Well, first of all, I find a lot of plans, but I look at them week after week, have way too much cash. They're sitting in reserve. They're waiting for some opportunity. I'm not sure why. You know, I hear about, hey, I'm waiting for a real estate opportunity to come up. I'm waiting for the stock market to have a big 50% decline. But you know what really happens is you lose money sitting in cash, right? It's a big problem because of inflation. Well, it is. And I always hear this, that people say, well, cash is a position too. And I always think, no, it's not. <laughs> you know, it's the conventional wisdom. But you know, having cash can be a position. And to your point, Bob, you're guaranteed to lose money, especially if inflation is like 6%. That's a guaranteed 6% on your purchasing power. And I mean, especially today when you're nothing, you're not compounding your money. And investing is not about like everything going up, capital appreciation. It's about the cash flow you generate on your money and you compound the hell out of that over time. Right on that point of cash flow, recently our pipelines index paid a dividend of 50 cents a share. And I was talking to a client of mine that keeps a lot of money in cash. And I showed him, I said, you know, had you had that money invested, that would have been another three grand for this quarter in your pocket just on one holding. And he said, 3,000. He's like, that's way more than I make in a year sitting in cash. I said, exactly. I said, we got to get that money to work. Yeah, but I think the mindset is, you know, people think they need a huge reserve fund. And I think you do. You have to have some money in reserve. But the flexibility of financial markets today is really extraordinary. When you work with high quality investments, where you have high quality municipal bonds or high quality corporate bonds and high quality equities, you can do short term borrowing, right? You can borrow against it. I mean, I've lent money out as low as one and a half percent to some of my clients in the last year, you know, in case of an emergency. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have an emergency fund, but to have big extra piles of cash for no reason other than fear doesn't make any sense. Well, it's scary, right? I mean, if you look at the statistics, I mean, every 20 years, your purchasing power is cut in half. You know, said in another way, every million dollars you have today is only worth a half a million dollars if you do nothing. That's a huge depreciation on your money. And it's not even like the last 10 years. I mean, forget it. The last 10 years, we had low inflation. And now for all intents and purposes, we have high inflation. So the stakes are even higher going into this next decade. And this is why you have to be more diligent than ever to make sure that your money's working for you. Well, Chris, will you give me that deal? I'm going to hit you up for a million dollar loan. I'll pay you back in 500,000. I'll only give you 500,000 back in 10 years. It doesn't sound like a good deal to me. Well, it sounds like the type of deal that people have when they sit in too much cash. And you know, as a matter of fact, for whatever reason, the last few weeks, several of my clients have sent me old projections from 10 years ago. And the question they're asking is, they said, hey, you know, this is what we predicted 10 years ago where we would be in 2021. Where are we actually? And I looked at the projections for one of my clients, and not only were we above and beyond where we said they'd be, they were above and beyond by a million dollars. Well, there's two things you can glean from that. Number one, always run your projections more conservative, right? Have the surprises in the positive, Chris. And apparently in this case, the surprises were in the positive. Number two, planning does work. You know, if you don't have a plan, you're screwed for lack of a better way of putting it, it, it does pay to actually put a game plan in place when it comes to investing your money, especially if you're seeing a lot of cash right now. This is where planning is so critical. Well, it just proves over and over, guys. You want to invest in the market you have, not the market you want. And if you stay invested, compounding works in your favor. And the surprises, 
in investments and financial markets is always to the upside. Because last I checked, market's been going up since 1776. It's a track record that I'm sticking with. And you have to make sure that you're stay invested for that reason. And more importantly, keep that cash working. It's dead money. It's lazy money if it's sitting in a checking account. Yeah, lazy money is bad. And then just like if you look at the other side of the spectrum, and I think you have kind of the tail of two investors today, right? You have the overcautious investor where you have too much money in cash. Maybe you got burnt during the financial crisis and you never got invested again. But then we're seeing the other extreme right now. I was just talking about on the first segment today, how I was with this whole group of millennials that just had the animal spirits out right now. They're in cryptocurrencies, disruptive technologies, Tesla, Apple, Microsoft. And you know, they really believe that we're in this whole new era. And that's going to be dangerous too. You know, Having too much risk in your portfolio or putting way too much money into these amazing technologies that are just giving you astronomical returns right now, that doesn't always end very well either. Yeah, it's amazing, Chris. You more than doubled their clients' money in the last seven, eight years. They didn't have any crypto in there by any chance, did they? You know, I looked at the portfolio with the fine tooth comb, and you know, I didn't see any Bob Coin, Doja Coin, Shinu Inu, Ryan Coin, Bitcoin, none of that. And the nice thing is, when you have excess returns, you can actually get more conservative, put it into less volatile assets, and have more certainty about your future. And that's really what planning is about. It's about investing on purpose, investing for a reason which is to be able to retire with a lifetime of income. You can't outlive educating your children or your grandchildren or your nephew, in your case, guys, or giving money to charity. It's really not that complicated. It's kind of common sense, right? That's why we have Ryan as the leader of our pack here, Chris. He's the dean of common sense. Wow. Wow. And you know what? Flyer will get you everywhere. Let's keep it going. What else am I the dean of? Charisma? No, no, you're missing a lot of that. I think the point here is, like you just said, it's like only take the risk that you have to take. Right. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but you know, you can afford for your portfolio to go up 100% every year. Of course you can, but you can't afford to take a huge hit on your savings. A 50-60% drawdown could affect your entire financial independence plan. That's why you've got to find that balance, and that's why it's so important to figure out what your goals are and reverse engineer and figure out what return do I actually need and build your portfolio around that return, not trying to keep up with the Joneses or being too fearful sitting in cash, but that right mix. Well, that's the beauty of having our e-money portal where we do wealth projections. You can actually show people in writing what it looks like if you make a decision today. So, you know, this client of yours, Chris, wants to live a little. All you have to do is run some what-if scenarios. Why not take a cruise around the world? You can afford it. Here's what it looks like. And I'll tell you what, without those projections, it's your words against their fear. It's true. Everything has to be in context of something because if there's no context, then it's just like whatever. You know, you'll be in and out of the markets very thickly. And as we know, that's never a good strategy. You know, the other thing I'm seeing right now is a big problem is, look, I don't want to be a cynic, but I think taxes are probably going to go a lot higher to pay for all this stimulus that we've seen over the course of the last two years. And most of us right now are not taking advantage of the huge tax benefits that are out there. And Chris once told me money saved in taxes is just as green as any money you can make invested. You know, Ryan, I do say that. And you know, one of the things that I noticed, especially when we're talking to our prospective clients, is a very common theme. One, they're paying too much for their investments. Two, they're taking too more risk than they need. And then three, all the investments that they have are very tax inefficient. Like, for example, they're using mutual funds, which are very tax efficient, where they could be using things like ETFs, where they don't have to pay out their gains every year. So they're saving money on that. Or they're using these taxable bond funds, where they should be using municipal bonds, where the interest is federally tax free. So there's a lot of ways that people can save on taxes that they're not doing right now. Well, that's why I call that whole class of investments, Chris, mutual funds, hedge funds, insult to injury funds, right? Not only do they underperform because it's impossible to beat the market, but then they have you pay more taxes as they try to do it. 
I mean, it is insulting to own a mutual fund. It's almost as Wall Street focuses on how can we build products with higher fees and make them less tax efficient. <laughs> it's like, like our whole goal is to make it more complex and make it less advantageous to you. And there's so many simple things you can do, right? Just to look at where you can optimize taxes. And another thing right now too, what we look at for a lot of our clients is maybe you're in a low tax bracket this year. Good time to maybe convert some of your retirement money, which is a ticking tax time bomb because you have to take it out at 72 and convert it right now at a low rate into what we call a Roth IRA, where that money is tax-free for the rest of your life and your heirs can take it out tax-free. So there's just so many proactive strategies that you can do here that have nothing to do with taking more risk in the markets, buying Bobcoin, Bitcoin, whatever, that can get you ahead financially and it's not rocket science. Hey guys, I had dinner with the Godfather down in Florida this past week and you know, he's a great CPA. He's been doing it for 50 years and he just reminded me as I want to remind all of you, render unto Caesars that which is Caesars, but don't give them any of yours. Bob, Chris and I now have a collective 75 years. That's right, 75 years helping individuals just like you with your planning and investing. This is literally what we do every single day at our firm, Payne Capital Management, where we help over a thousand families with their finances. We manage over a billion dollars. So everything you hear on this podcast, along with some due diligence of your own, can help you get ahead financially, literally at any stage of your journey. But if you want a more hands-on approach, want everything looked at in a holistic way, Every single week, we run our total financial master plan if you qualify. If you have over $750,000 saved for retirement, we will do our total financial master plan with no obligation or cost. It's a full holistic review where we look at everything for you. We'll go through every investment you own. We'll look at the taxes you're paying. We'll show you how to optimize taxes. We're going to look at costs, fees, those hidden costs that Wall Street loves to put into your portfolio. We'll show you how to reduce all that cost put together a coherent game plan to make sure you're on your track for financial independence. We do limited amount every single week. Simply go to www.paincm.com slash financial plan and see if you qualify for a free financial review. That's www.paincm.com slash financial plan and see if you qualify again for a free financial review. Hey, hope you're enjoying episode 62, Pain Points of Wealth. Thank you for your support. Our subscribership is going through the roof. So we thank you. If you like our content, love our content, give that like button, give us that love, give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Anyone else who can benefit from our content, please forward it along. And if you're watching this on YouTube right now, click that like button, you can click the subscribe button and that notification bell so you can be updated every week as our new episodes of Pain Points of Wealth comes out. Thank you for the support. We appreciate you. All right, gentlemen, it's the hidden facts of finance, random financial facts that may surprise you or even shock you. Bob. The National Retail Federation estimates that a record $851 billion will be spent by U.S. consumers this November and December, a 9.5% increase over last year. That's a lot of spending. Well, as I always say, guys, never discount the U.S. consumer. You do it at your own peril. And Chris, just think about it. It's up 8.5%. You know, Ryan, he does everything at the last minute. Just wait till he starts buying our presents. I mean, this is going to go through the roof. You know, Dad, Ryan never disappoints when it comes to presents. I can't wait for Christmas. You guys are both getting coal because I feel underappreciated this year. So sorry. Chris, gold is an inflation hedge, but only reputationally, not statistically. It lost money during bouts of elevated inflation from 1980 to 1984, and again from 1988 to 1991. Who would have thunk? Right. When Bernie Madoff was in business, he had a great reputation for making money, but statistically, he stole $170 billion from his clients. So I'd rather go with statistically rather than the reputationally. I think that's a wise decision, my brother. Bob, 
Stocks, historically, on the other hand, have delivered regardless of whether inflation runs hot or not. The S&P 500 returned double-digit yearly percentages over the 15 years ended in 1988, when inflation topped 6% a year, over the next 15 years when inflation was just under 3%, and the last 15 years when it was closer to 2%. More of the story is, Bob, you should always own stocks. You know, that's why inflation is really a problem. It's always with us. It's insidious. It's hidden. You know, it's in the spotlight right now, but even 2% inflation can have damaging effects on your net worth. That's why you have to have an inflation hedge. And stocks historically have always been an inflation hedge. And that's why investing is so counterintuitive. You're told day after day how risky the stock market is. Turns out your portfolio has high risk if you don't have the right amount of stocks in the portfolio. Yes. And ironically, we know gold now is not an inflation hedge. And people today equate Bitcoin as the new gold. Does that mean Bitcoin's not an inflation hedge too? Something to think about. Chris, recent data from McKinsey showed Chinese personal wealth leaping 17-fold to $120 trillion from the year 2000 to 2020. Man, oh man, that's a lot of new people that are middle class today. Well, I'll tell you what, if you don't think there's great opportunity overseas, particularly in the emerging markets, all you have to do is point to that statistic. So if you don't own emerging markets or a global portfolio as a whole, you might want to look into that. Yes, I predict the last 10 years was all about the US. The next 10 years will be all about the globe. You heard it here first. All right, gentlemen, another great show. As always, stay loose and keep an open mind. Thanks for listening to The Pain Points of Wealth. Hopefully, you found the ideas discussed in this episode valuable and useful for your own financial journey. You can find out more about Bob, Brian, and Chris's firm, Payne Capital Management, at BeBullish.com or through the contact information found in the description of this episode in your podcast player or app. Join us next week for another episode of The Pain Points of Wealth, brought to you by Payne Capital Management. Information provided on today's show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.